This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 552, recorded on November 10th, 2022. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the Average Guy TV studios here in what was a beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. The weather changed on us. We went from like 80 to 20 in the course of the day. Dave Hamilton is here from Matt Geek Gab. Dave, you're on the on the East Coast. It's coming towards you. You know it's going to get cold, right? It is. Yeah, we had it was 80 degrees, almost 80 degrees here last weekend, which is yeah. un- unseasonably, right. y- you know, like uh, apocalyptic concerns, you know. But yeah. uh, I had to I had to uncover the air conditioner here in the studio last weekend. You I still some, needed it for. I had some band rehearsals. It was like now that with right. six people in here, this isn't going to work. Yeah, this but, is not going to work. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's it's we are we are due to get rain, but it's going to be back up to like seventy all weekend. So oh, we're not well, we're not. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get like overly hammered, but we're going to get like an inch of rain in yeah. you know yeah. eighteen it's hours. Up. The, it's coming. Yep. The my radar that's up on my screen right here says 35 in Omaha right now. Yeah. It's coming your way because it always is. Well, it's uh, we're not out here to talk about the weather, but you guys know I love to do that. Of course, we'll post the show with some world-class show notes out at TheAverageGuy.tv. Big thanks to Marv B. who joined me. We know him as Uncle Marv from the IT Business Podcast. He was here last week. Big thanks, Marv. He's in the chat room right now. That was thanks a great show, by the up. way. Oh, thanks. I appreciate yeah. that. He's he's a ton of fun to have on. And then, of course, big thanks to our Patreon uh, subscribers. If you find that we're adding value to your life and you want to you wanna give it back, you can do that on Patreon, theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon. We'll get you there as well. I, I, I introduced him uh, earlier, but we'll do it again. Dave Hamilton is with me from Mac Geek, Geek Gab, and that's hard to say fast. Easy for you. I, I've Yeah, Mac Geek Gab. I, I've, I've done it so many times that it rolls off the back of my mouth. I was going to say the tongue, but it's really this guttural yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 No, welcome. Great to have you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. That's Yeah, I love what you're doing with the show, and I'm 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 honored to be here. We are both veterans of podcasting a long time. You even longer than me, about 900 shows on that, which is just amazing to me that you've done it that long. For new listeners to Home Gadget Geeks who may not know what Mac Geek Gab is, can you give me the two-minute elevator speech when say people say, Dave, what is it you say you do here? Yeah, we are a Q&A show for Apple users is is what and I'm happy to talk about the evolution of that if you'd like to get into it. But that's what we are now. And since episode three, that's what we've been. We take questions uh, from our audience. We answer the questions to the best of our ability on the show. We also share quick tips and cool stuff found things that we like gadgets. And uh, and, and so the idea is. Everybody learns at least five new things from every single episode. And that includes me and John F. Braun, my co-host, and Pilot Pete, my co-host. Um, so, yeah, we're, it's all about learning and, and expanding our knowledge base. And I'm assuming, I mean, it's very specific to Apple, Apple products, Apple gadgets, right? Do you guys get outside of that? Big time. Yeah. I mean, we are we are all Apple users, but being an Apple user doesn't mean that you don't use products that are made by other vendors like, you know, Synology's disk stations are a huge uh, focus of the show. 
routers in general have always been a topic of conversation. We were really amongst the first to be doing mesh networking. We were we were doing mesh networking before Eero came out with like quasi mesh stuff. And so that that's been a, a topic of conversation. The whole, you know, the the home, the IOT stuff, Apple HomeKit's fine, but it's limited. So a lot of our IOT conversations revolve around Amazon's A-Lady. We, I've learned not to say that when I'm recording because people don't like it when I trigger their A-Lady. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, you, you know, so there's all, we talk about all kinds of things, uh, out, you know, inside and outside of Apple's ecos ecosphere, if you will. But you, you kind of focused, I mean, that's the core, which you spend a lot of time talking about. It is the core. It's pretty rare that we're talking about windows or Android is, is yeah. what it is. I did. I used to do a ton of windows consulting. Uh, so like that knowledge base is there, not Maybe it's not quite as relevant today as it was when we started the show 17 and a half years ago, but you know, yeah. there you go. Yeah. What, what in the Apple space keeps you going on a regular basis? I mean, what do you get most excited about when, when you think about, and, and maybe it, it varies from time to time, season to season, but as you think about like right now, what's, what's driving audience engagement? What are they asking for the most? Well, it, it really, the, the thing that drives me to do the show from a content standpoint is our audience, the, the engagement with them, the interaction, I, that's the part that, that has fueled us along for these 17 plus years I, without that. If we had to come up with the topics every week, man, I don't know. And I, but I say that, and I also do two other shows that are now each seven years old, one called business brain, the other one called gig gab for working musicians. And by and large, we come up with our own topics. So who knows? But certainly for Matt Geekab, that interaction with the audience, the engagement is the thing. And right now, Apple just released three new operating systems. Uh, Mac OS Ventura brings a lot of quirky elements that have been interesting to help people like, and when I say people, I am amongst them, uh, you know, helping us all figure out how to smoothly use our Macs with this new operating system. Not a ton has changed, but enough has that it's like, why did they do this? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. No, yeah. no, no, right on. I, I have noticed my phone, my watch and my Mac mini have all updated. And I mean, they didn't yeah. do it for me. I, I agree yeah, yeah, yeah. to do it. Let's just be really yeah. clear about that. Yeah. But I said three new operating systems. You're right. It's five because they've got the the Mac, the iPhone, the iPad, the watch, and the TV. So right, yeah, yeah. 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 And I don't. I haven't done Mac TV. You know, or uh, yeah, the, I haven't done the Apple TV. There we go. Yeah, um, just yet. But those have been the three primary that I've done. I haven't really had, with the exception of noticing uh, some font changes and some a little bit different functionality. I know now I can use my iPhone as a camera on with Ventura, right? Which that seems I, pretty cool. I, that's what I'm doing for the video here. I'm you? not doing it with Apple's functionality because I don't put the latest operating system on my podcasting rig right out of the gate. I've got a, a Personas external interface that I yeah. use, and it yeah. like it's best to wait a little bit. Ecam e e would do the same thing for you, right? You could you could use the Ecam software to run. To I'm, run yeah, it. I'm using Reincubate's Camo to okay. do it so that right. I can feed that directly as a camera. But there's another app called shoot that does the same thing. Yeah. And you yeah. can really tweak the uh, it's, I mean, the iPhone is the best webcam you can buy mm -hmm. uh, a, a, a dollars for donuts. 
if I could spend $400 on a webcam that was actually good, I would. But it does not exist. And I think the reason is the iPhone benefits from not just hardware, but all the software. There's so much math happening uh, to make our pictures look good on the iPhone. And when you use the iPhone as your webcam, you just automatically get to leverage all of that. Great. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I did that for a while. And what I found is it's not convenient to have your phone. Like there's moments during the podcast where I'm grabbing my phone to do ah, some things. And when I, it's my wife, I have a spare phone. Yeah. I'll well, see that. And that's <laughs> probably the, that's probably the way to get it done. You yeah. Know, that well, way, but. you could get an iPhone SE gen three. Right. And I think like refurb they're between three and 400 bucks yeah. and you're golden. You've yeah. got every functionality, every bit of functionality you need, and and then your daily driver iPhone is in your hand. Mm-hmm. That's so. it. Maybe that maybe maybe a good idea to get that done, and you can do it wirelessly now. Now, I, right? Yeah, yeah. And because always the eCam, which is what I used before to make that work, always required a wire to get it done, and that's okay. You know, you can hey, run it up. It works. I got enough wires around here. I'm still reincubate camo. Uh, now supports wireless, but I still have a wire. I mean, it needs to be charged and it's permanently here. So I don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I have a watch uh, version four. So that's one of those things. Like I'm just not that willing to upgrade my watch. Like we used to buy watches and we'd wear them for 10 years and then you would get another watch. And so I'm still kind of in that mode. Now they made some nice changes with the new watch OS and the way that works, but I haven't really found that compelling of a reason to go. I think we're on version eight at this point. Is there, is there are you a watch guy? And is there a reason to go from four to eight at this point? So I, I am a watch guy and also I have an Apple watch. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I very much like mechanical watches. Oh. I, I like the, the technology of an automatic watch and I love that it doesn't have a battery in it. Right. But I also love the functionality of my Apple watch. Uh, I I don't know many people who update their who upgrade their watch hardware every year. Some people, of course, do, but I don't. Uh, I'm still on a Series Five here. Uh, that was my first watch since the OG uh, watch. And the the thing that I will say, the difference for you from the Series Four to anything newer than that is the always on display. Mm. That's a big, for me, that was a big difference. And I think for a lot of people to be able, while I'm in the middle of a conversation to just sort of glance at the watch and not have to, you know, flick my wrist exactly the right way to get it to light up. I can just see what time it is and tap it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause now, you know, I'm, I'm not paying attention. I'm watching the clock. Whereas otherwise I can just, you know, a quick glance and it's right there. So that part I like of the uh, series five, I actually bought a series eight. Uh, my co-host uh, at Mac Geekab, John, had never had an Apple Watch. And when I was with him a couple of weeks ago, we decided, you know, let's both buy Apple Watches. We did them on the Amazon, you know, Prime Day deal yeah. or whatever. Right. And when it arrived, I was like, I, you know, what What do I need this for? My dad's got a birthday coming up. Uh, he, You know, he's... I, I, I talked to him about it. He was he, very interested in the idea of having an Apple watch. He rides his bike all the time. And so there's all, and I'm like, oh yeah, okay. This is much better suited for him than me. It doesn't mean I won't get a series eight, but it means that I literally had one and didn't even open the box. Mm, mm. Well, yeah. That says something, but here's, here's the, I had trouble reconciling for the longest time, like of having a full-time watch that, it, that, um, 
you know, like I couldn't ever wear another watch again because it was like, I want to get the stats from this thing every day, all the time, everywhere I'm awake. Right. And I tried wearing it when I was sleeping for a while. And of course you'd roll over and the light would come on. Sure. And you can't get it to come on when you just they fix that, by the way, <laughs> that like it, like that part's all good now if it's yeah. in sleep mode. Yeah. 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 Um, and and it, it does. I've got that. But for a while, you know, you turn over, I'd wear yeah. it at night. And I've even, I even contemplated for a while, like, okay, I'm going to wear my Apple watch during the day and then put a Fitbit on at night to do, cause Fitbit's got some really good sleep tracking yeah. and some of those kind of things where I could alternate between the two. But it was at that moment, I'm like, I've got some nice watches. I'll never wear them again, you know? And it, yep it was really hard and I'm, I'm, it's not like I've gone back to the other watches, but it was for a while. It was really hard to reconcile that. Like I'd still like to, to your point, I've got some nice mechanical watches that I'd like to wear, but have a hard time taking this thing off. I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you work through that? So for the most part, I wear my Apple watch. Probably it's the watch I wear most frequently, but, uh, maybe three days a week. That's, that's my normal MO. Uh, the last, since the end of July, I have been wearing my Apple watch every day. I, um, I talked about this on Mac geek Up. My health is fine. I have to preface this conversation with that because otherwise people don't. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, I had, I, I have these, these, these like little fatty lumps called lipomas that are under my skin and I've had them forever and, and they're mostly fine, but occasionally they bother me. And this year I'd been developing too many of them in the wrong places, like in my elbows and stuff. And I was having to have surgery to have them removed. And I, I, it just, it started impacting like my thought processes and my mental health. And so I was like, all right. I got to figure out how to stop these things from growing. And so I, I did all kinds of research and even the fringes of the internet have no uh, advice on how to not grow these things. But I reasoned, Hey, if I develop less fat in my body, then I will have less of these things. I, I need to say that experiment failed miserably, <laughs> but I have lost like 30 pounds since yeah. the end of July. Right. And so in tracking all of that, it's been handy to have my Apple watch, on and so for the most part, I've been wearing it full time, uh, not while I sleep, but you know, all day, every day. If I go out to dinner, I'll I'll grab one of my you know fancy mechanical watches or whatever just to change it up. But yeah. uh, but even that, it's like oh, I'm gonna miss out on the. But you know, steps, I'm I'm location. still doing the steps, even if the watch doesn't know. I have right. to say that to myself. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. and there's some way to tie that in with the phone too, where you can have the phone right ish. You know? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. not perfect, which no. for us, for those of us who are completion, who like to complete things, they like, we like complete records. We want a hundred percent of the things. It's a real dilemma, you know, it, it is. I now understand that dilemma. I didn't up until yeah. July, but now that I've been kind of in it for a few months, it's like, how do I get out of this? Yeah. I got to figure out how I, to I'm not stretch. be obsessed. When, yeah. when are you charging it then? If you're wearing it all the time, I'm not wearing it? it at night. I'm charging oh, it all okay. night. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. I haven't, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm tracking my sleep with it. I, I don't, I don't want to overshare here, but I don't like to wear anything while I sleep. So, um, you know, we'll yeah, leave it I at get that. It. No, I yeah. get it. I get it. But there are, as I've gotten older, I'm snoring more. I'm not sleeping as well. Yeah. There's some real things. And I guess I could put my phone on a stand and turn, like, I think there's some sleep apps that would be running right off my phone. Yeah. They'll really record cool. your snoring and play it back for you right. in the morning. Yeah. Not that that's helpful. <laughs> I well, know. I, 
I mean, I it I might snore. be helpful, yeah, but <laughs> it's like, I know I snore. I probably need to go do, just do a sleep study yeah. uh, to get that, um, to get that done. That was always the question I always had about charging was like, cause I wore it for maybe the first month I got it at night while I was sleeping. And it was just, I, tur- I toss and turn enough as it is. And then it was on. And so I was, I thought, well, I'll just put it downstairs on my desk in the charger away from me. So I'm not even, you know, contemplate, but I have thought about going Garmin at night to, to do some yeah. of this because they've got some really good, I mean, that, that area of sleep tracking has gotten a lot better. Yeah. It's not a bad thing to have this data. Uh, you know, I, I, I am, I understand how it is for people that get this data and, and it's distracting. Uh, I thankfully am not wired that way, at least not about this stuff at this moment. If I start having, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in fairly good health. In fact, I'm in, in great health. If that were to change, then I think, you know, I would, I would wind up being more obsessed about these things, but, um, but it is good to have that data. So yeah, I've thought about, you know, could I track my sleep? Like, and in a way that didn't negatively impact my sleep, that would be a good thing. I do still have my OG Apple watch, which miraculously, probably because I didn't wear it every day, the battery hasn't exploded on that yet. Um, like it has on everybody else's, but, um, I don't think that one would track my sleep the way I would want it to. I don't think it's got the juice to do it. So I don't know. I I wear mine so much. I've scratched the, the, with work, you know, working outside and I built a whole retaining wall with it on. I shouldn't have, and I scratched it, you know, kind of thing, but I, I wanted to get the activity tracking because I was working hard. Like, yeah. you know, it's one of those kinds of things. No, oh, I no. get it. I've been wearing mine when yeah, I play yeah. the drums, you know, since July. And that was something I never did. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's right on. On episode 951, you guys talk a little bit about alert blindness. And one of the things I've noticed since the new upgrades, and not that it got worse, but it's just been noticeable. Like, I am getting, you mentioned this just a second ago as we're talking, I am getting a ton of alerts on my watch at, you know, you, so you're talking to somebody and my LinkedIn is letting me, you know, and I'll look and somebody immediately says, you got to go. Do you got to yeah. leave? You well, that's, go to the, the that's the social right. signal, right? right? Is, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so like I've, I've, you know, I turned off, like I turned off Facebook notifications, those and see now my watch is talking to me because yeah. I just, I just asked it a question. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, when, when you guys talk about this and you think about alerting, you know, I turned off Facebook. I don't, I still get my text still come through, but I don't get a lot of text. Facebook by far. I'm a big, I mean, I'm big on LinkedIn because that's what I use for work. And so I'm getting a lot of a LinkedIn is the answer to selectively choose what alerts make it through to, to be that way. Or is there, is there something I'm missing on that? So I, I, there's a couple of different ways to, to, you know, have your cake and eat it too. Uh, because, because the easy way is to just go on, do not disturb all the time. And, and, you know, then it's not an issue except that you're not getting the alerts you want. So one way certainly is like you said, be very selective about which alerts pass through to your watch versus which ones are on your phone. The other is to take advantage of Apple's focus modes. Mm. I, I thought these were a worthless thing when they were first announced. I thought I'll never use that. And then it was like, I, you know, it was probably my kids that were like, oh, yeah, I use this focus mode when I'm, you know, at school and doing this. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Okay, I'm starting to see it. And for example, when I come into the studio to podcast, 
I set a focus mode called podcasting and it, uh, well, it does a couple things. First, it turns off notifications from everything and everyone except the three people, uh, four people technically who are my co-hosts with shows. So if they text me, I will see it. Now it does mean that right now, if any one of them happens to text me, I will get interrupted. Right. But you know, it, it narrows the field down. Yeah. Uh, the other thing it does because Apple's ecosystem is Apple's ecosystem is I've got a, uh, automation that gets triggered when I turn on podcasting focus mode that uh, turns on the purple light behind me. It turns off the air purifier here in the studio. And then when I turn off podcasting focus mode, it, it undoes all of that stuff. And so, but those focus modes can be great. Like for example, I have one that I call nuclear. It's not what you think. It's probably not what you think. Uh, it is. It only lets my nuclear family through to text me mm. and I wind up using it sometime in the evening, sometimes on the weekends. If I, you know, we're going out, I want to be present with whatever I'm doing, but I definitely want my family to be able to get through to me. And it's especially handy if we're all somewhere together because we will want to text each other, pretend, you know, if we get split up, we'll text each other to, you know, meet up or whatever, but it means that I get to completely avoid all the other stuff. Mm. So those focus modes, it's more it's more granular than I I would have expected from Apple out of the gate with something like that. And it really works. And now with iOS 16, you can have different lock screens on your phone based on focus mode. So you can sort of just know that you have a different picture and a different layout. But you can also change focus modes just by changing your lock screen. So it's an easy, mm. seamless kind of thing. I, mm. I, I, yeah, I'm, mm. I'm shocked that I am you know, singing its praises right now, but uh, <laughs> given how I felt about it initially, but I also didn't think the iPod was a good idea when Steve jobs first announced that. So I've been wrong a couple times. Can't be right out. all the time. Dave. That's can't right. be right. You can't be right all the time. <laughs> a windows has a focus mode as well. doesn't work very well, but okay. in, in, in our family, you know, like, so, so one of my issues is in our family, we don't worry half Android, half, half Apple. Sure. So we we use Facebook Messenger as the the common kind of the common we, we landed wow. there. Wow. But I block all Facebook from from my from my watch notifications. So I don't I got to be I have to check my phone when my family wants to get a hold of them. It's a mess. Like I mean, we're we're in a little bit of a communication mess that way because we don't we don't have like even my wife says I mean the fastest way to get a hold of her is on Facebook Messenger, but She's like, if I'm driving home, those messages don't come through on my, right on Android. They'll come to the car on uh, in via text. So then I got to think, okay, where is she? <laughs> so oh. we, yeah, we've got a little bit of a mess there to, to kind of. I mean, you could out. you could move to like WhatsApp. I yeah. it, honestly, mm. I've almost yeah. even with all of us on on uh, Apple. So therefore, iMessage. Uh, I've almost moved the family to Slack. Uh, to just yeah, create yeah, a Slack workspace yeah. for the family, yeah. it, you know, that way you can compartmentalize things. We've got, you know, weekend plans and this, that, and the other thing, but you've got your direct messages and it's all in one spot. Yeah. I like, I, it's almost happened a, a few times and everybody in the family uses Slack with, with, you know, work or school or whatever. So yeah. everybody's sort of already using it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, know. we, so we tried discord cause we thought, okay. There was, yeah. There same was thing. Like, 
let's go to discord as a family i can't get everybody to install the app from you know family they're like i don't want another app to go to just for family stuff like so there's a little bit of rebellion on that so we're kind of half and half we started this we started the discord group and then it's just it's pretty much died and fizzled yeah i have a i have a son i have five kids so i have one of my sons uh, uninstalled facebook from he's like i'm done i'm like how how are we going to get hold of you? He's like, I don't know. Just figure it yeah, out. Figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe WhatsApp is the answer, right? Yeah, they wouldn't install it though. That's the thing. Like Jeez. the kids would be like, yeah, no, we don't want to. It's just a little haphazard. And you know what? It kind of works. There's some moments like, of course, there's some moments where it's not everybody's in the same place at the same time. I know. I don't know if we're going to get perfect communication. It was just one of those thoughts as you were talking about having Especially when you said, you know, I've got, hey, I've got this group that's just my family that they can get through on. It got me thinking, like, I, I don't know if I have that kind of, if I, it's individualized kind of based yeah. on where, where people are at. So, yeah, it's certainly a first world problem for sure. Well, pretty much everything, <laughs> you know, we've been doing yeah. Mac Geek Gab for 954 episodes right. now, and it, pretty much every question that comes in is a first world problem. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean we don't treat it like, no. I mean, it's, no. you know, it's a, no. yes, it's a privileged thing to be able to do. And yeah. we are completely aware that we lead charmed lives. And, yeah. uh, and we're very, it's a good problem to have, but exactly. it is a real problem when you're. Yeah. Trying to get a hold of somebody, and you're and, you, and then you got to think, okay, like what what is the what's the channel they're most likely to pick up on the quickest? Yeah, uh, the same the same child who has kind of left or abandoned Facebook is also gigantic in the VR space, and so like I almost need I almost need to think like okay, if I really need to get a hold of him, I've got to find a way to get into the VR world where he's yeah. at. That's not a world I'm familiar with. I'm building a windows computer like purposely just for vr so i can yeah. start to see like i want to i, I want st- to i i think that's going to get i think well let me ask you this question i feel like we're still in the early days of vr even though we've been talking about it for 15 years yeah or any, 30 years yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah any any dave any thoughts on uh, where it's certainly apple doesn't seem to be in that space at all but i don't know what are your thoughts on vr I, I, it's interesting i was having this conversation with a friend allison sheridan who does the uh nocillacast over at podfeet.com the other day and she was saying what you were saying like you know we've we've been saying we're right around the, it, you know, we're on the cusp of this, but we've, we've been saying that for 30 years. Yeah. And I, I think that is, it is still correct that we are on the cusp of this. I think we've gotten, we've been trained to be impatient with the progress of technology because of how quickly so many things in our lifetimes have progressed that this idea that VR is not that much farther along than it was 20 years ago. I mean, it's yes, it's been moving, but there hasn't been that breakthrough to really, you know, bring it into the mainstream. Honestly, candidly, I should be say I'm being honest all the way through. Uh, <laughs> I have yet to lie to you. Uh, but and, why, candid- and why would you? Right? And why would I? Yeah. <laughs> but candidly, I think if the pandemic lockdowns, happened five years from now or we were five years further down this road of of vr because we're pretty close to being able to have a meaningful social interaction in a vr space and if we had that in at critical mass uh or the ability for it to be quickly made into critical mass during the lockdowns i think that would have happened 
just like Zoom happened, you know, it, like prior to 2020, it was, you know, if you wanted to do a video conference with somebody that wasn't already in that world, it was like, oh man, okay. So you got to get this software. Bear with me on this, right? But now you can call, you, you know, people of any age and, and any technical leanings and say, yeah, let's do a Zoom call. They're like, yeah, yeah, I got you, you know, and, and boom, there you go. So I think I think we're waiting for the killer app. I I have had the experience of what, like, I, let me explain, and I'll perhaps come up with a better way to describe it. But the 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 meaningful experience in it, and it happened playing ping pong for whatever reason. My son bought uh, an Oculus Quest two a couple of years ago, right? And they sent him the wrong one. It like didn't have the storage he was supposed to have. So Amazon sent him another and said, "You've got thirty days to send the first one back." So we had two and we played ping pong one night and it, 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 we wound up doing it actually from two different places. The ping pong was reactive enough that once you learned really serving was the trick to learn how to do. But once we learned how to do that, it was just like we were playing ping pong. But what happened was it transcended ping pong because when we're in the same room together playing ping pong, sure, we're playing, but we're having a conversation and it's a meaningful conversation. But, this, you know, there's this ball bouncing back and forth between us and, and certainly it's competitive and all of that. But the conversation just sort of happens almost separate from the game. And that exact thing happened in with the, you know, with the headsets on. And after like 20 minutes, I was like, wait a minute. This this interaction feels more real than a Zoom call. It feels more real, certainly, than a phone call or texting in that way. It was there was a, a, a human connection that happened that I've not experienced other than being in the same physical space with someone. And so we're there, right? Like the tech is good enough. It's just not affordable enough or really it's it's that people don't have a reason to have it that the people who want it will have it just like zoom three years ago, you know, if it, you and I would probably have had it, but otherwise people are like, yeah, yeah, that's no, 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 I don't need that. But yeah. once people did need that, then it was adopted very, very quickly. And I think the same will happen with, uh, with AR and VR Apple specifically, there is enough chatter out there to support, the rumors that Apple will be releasing their VR, I'll call it a headset. I don't know if it's going to be a headset or glasses or whatever, but that okay. I'm told is coming in January. Oh yeah. Now, so, you know, what does that mean? I haven't been told this by Apple just to right. be clear. No, 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 right. no. Yeah, yeah. But uh, do you feel confident? Okay. So I'm right in the middle of doing a windows build. Yep. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the latest AMD processor. I'm getting a pretty nice GPU uh, I, my, by the way, my Mac is a Mac M1 Mac mini. So sure. that I bought that last year. Yeah. Has it been out for two years? Was yeah. That, when did that first, is it been two years now? So yeah. this January will be two years. I bought it as soon as it came out. I bought it live on this show. By the way, my previous co-host, Mike Weger, he was a Mac guy forever. He came right. on this show. He went to windows. I think maybe I told you this when we met, he went to windows and I went to Mac. That's <laughs> so, great. You know, that's amazing. But would 
based on what you're saying, what, am I am I still on the right track to be building a Windows box to host this thing on? Or is there any hope that Mac would provide something for me that might work on my mini? Well, my guess, and and this is far less informed than my my January, my my you know, re, re, rehashing of the January predictions. Uh my guess is that whatever Apple comes out with will be an a companion device to your iPhone, much like the Apple Watch is right now. So I think you will have to have an, and again, this is just gut feelings, but informed gut feelings from following Apple for, you know, 30 years or whatever. Um, I, I think it will be an iPhone accessory. They they will never call it that. Uh, they don't call the watch an iPhone accessory, but it basically is. Uh, so I, I think that's where it'll start. Okay. Okay. I, you know, Mike, but i don't like functionality wise it's hard to say where they're going to go with it um because it's apple you know well maybe both is okay like you know for what i'm doing i know like having a son that's in the space he can help me navigate because it's it's a whole different world right oh yeah knowing the equipment and what to buy i don't want to go all in he's full body like when he does this he's got all the things that you need that's cool to go waist down especially right i mean that's yeah Cause most VR is waste up, waste up. Sure. He has, yeah. he has it all, but I, I'm like, okay, I don't, but that's a couple thousand bucks. I'm like, I, I don't know if I'm that into it, Tim. I just want to hang out with you or I just want you to help me navigate the space. Cause I think that's the future. I think that's where we're going for sure. Yeah. So I'm kind of hedging my bets, right? I'm going to be in a couple grand for this PC. I need it anyways. I'm okay. going to overbuild it so I can use it as a, right. My, my previous windows computer is about nine years old. So like, which, it's fine. It still does everything I needed to do. It's a great computer, but, but, um, you know, it's time. It's probably time to get a modern GPU and get a modern CPU, yeah. right. And, and build those things up. So it could be, a, I could do both. And, and, and I guess that's like, if you had said, Oh no, 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 no. We're hearing rumors of a headset and it may, you're going to need to have, you know, you're going to have the most up-to-date Mac to be able to do this or whatever. Well, my yeah. guess is the M1, if in fact that's the direction it goes, the M1 would be more than powerful yeah. enough yeah. to do yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, I, that's interesting because I hadn't thought of that until we'd had this conversation. I've always been heading down the Windows path on this one. But just thinking, uh, Apple really hasn't been talking about it very much, but maybe we should keep my eyes open for it. De- definitely keep your eyes open. Okay. I'm very curious for obvious reasons. Yeah. 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 Um, from a, from a, from a Apple perspective, I feel like the ecosystems, I don't want to say stale cause that's not true. I mean, there's a lot of new things, but they're not gigantic leaps by, but what we used to see from them, but you're in the space every day. Am I wrong on that? Or it, has it, has it just, is it getting more mature? Well, it, I mean, it depends on how far back we're looking in terms of like right now. What what is that definition? Because the whole M1, you know, the Apple Silicon being used in Macs, that was a quantum leap for performance, uh, you know, and and battery consumption and heat yeah. and all of that. Like that made laptops actual laptops, you know. Uh, so so from that standpoint, it's very exciting. Yeah. Uh, but we're there now, and you know the difference between. The M1 that's in your mini, which is also the M1 that's in my mini in my office and the M1 that's in my MacBook Air that's my travel computer. There's not for people like you and me, and I'm 
I'm making assumptions about you based on our conversation here, but certainly for people like me, there's no difference between the M1 and the M2 and the Ultra and the Max and this like, because yeah. I've I've had those devices and it's like, well, yeah, but the M1 is still remarkably faster than I need it to be. So I don't need, I get why it, it should exist, but you know, for someone who used to always buy the quote unquote pro computer, because I knew I needed the horsepower that the most horsepower I could get, that's no longer true. I, I, you know, I don't do those kinds of pro things on my computer that, that require heavy CPU use. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so, but that, so that's exciting in a very boring way and that it, you just get it. <laughs> and the problem is magically solved and you never think about it again, which maybe is why you aren't thinking about it again. Right. Cause it's, you have it, you're there and you've taken it for granted. Yeah. Well, we, this podcast grew up in an era of constantly changing. You know, we covered a lot of windows stuff, right? Sure. Constantly changing and windows has gotten super boring too. Like right. it's like, right. eh. Yeah, Moore's law. Well, I mean, Moore's law. We threw out the window when we started parallelizing, right? Right, But, but it, it, yeah. My, I mean, my podcast is the same way. We, you know, there were always new hardware things to think about, and it wasn't until the M1 that 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 came back for us. Right, right. So you feel like that M1 is a significant departure point when we think about future technologies. What What are you seeing ahead? Does does that have future potential as well from from what you're seeing? Well, yeah, I mean, the you know, the M1 is the most limited version of that paradigm. You know, the whole system on a chip thing where, you know, you've got shared memory and the shared bus so that it, and it's called to call it a shared bus is not even correct. It's just yeah, I understand one bus, yeah, yeah. you know, it's right. like, you, you know, an you, omnibus. It's the omni. I like that. That's yeah. great. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But like so. But it was as a, you know, as a functional for sale proof of concept was like, oh, holy crap, like we're here. And again, for most of us, not only is it a taste of what the future can be, it's the future. You know, it's like, oh, this is more than I need for now. Will I need something else down the road? Sure. But it won't be for 10 years that I would need something else. I will buy something else far sooner than that because that's who I am. You know, computers, most people don't need to replace the computer, but once every 10 years. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. in terms of the future yeah. of this, yeah. I like that paradigm will march forward, I think. So yeah. for, for me, so I had, I had M1 Envy. I've said that on this show, like it came out, I started looking at it. I'm like, this thing's amazing. I have to have one of these. And it was the first Mac that I'd had in a decade, right? I'd mm. been pretty much a Windows guy. I had a Mac of... Back in the old, uh, when when they still had the, uh, what was the chip before they went Intel? PC Pro? The Power no. PC? Power PC chip. Wow. So my last laptop had the last Power PC chip in it. And I, I got seven years out of that thing yeah. post its, its life and eventually put it to rest. It just, they weren't updating it anymore. So from, from my M1 perspective, I've already admitted to you, I'm a guy that buys equipment. I kind of run it till it's dust. I've got Windows boxes that are 10 years old that I'm still getting a lot of value out of. Sure. How, how long do you think this M1 would last me? And then should I be, is, do you think at some point I'm going to want to make a jump sooner than that, kind of based on this architecture? Should I be watching for something or do you, do you think I'm going to be okay for a while? 
I, I think you're going to be okay for a while. Yeah. Uh, unless there's some use case change, right. And, and VR could be that use case change, right. Where it's like, you need, you know, more horsepower. It's like, it's like the, the person that, uh, said that had dial up and said, well, I don't need a, you know, I don't need a cable modem. I don't need broadband or whatever. And it's like, well, and and what the, the comment would always be my dial up connection lets me do everything I want to do. And, and that was true, you know, taking that at face value, but that meant that they weren't even aware of the benefits of doing something like you and I are doing with video conferencing, right? Like all that stuff is just off the table. And so unless there's some paradigm shift in terms of what you want to or need to do with the thing, I think your M1 and my M1 would last us 10 years. I don't think you and I are the people that will actually just rely on those for 10 years and we'll keep them and repurpose them to other things or people in our households and offices or whatever. But, um, because we'll replace them in, you know, three years. Yeah, you, so. you know me exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> what are you worried what about? You're gonna right? you're gonna replace <laughs> the thing in three years, whether you need to or not. What, why are we? Why do we even have this conversation? <laughs> well, because I, yeah. But I no, think it's a good others. conversation. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's others. I always feel like I'm the average guy, right? That's sure. since the branding, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm the average guy, and it's thinking through, like, hey, I am I going to hold on to this for five years? Is this going to? I'm already two years in. Is it going to be good for another three? Yeah. And not, is it going to be good? Because we already know for the most part that that the hardware itself is going to last way longer than we think. That right. in, in both both the Windows or, or, yeah, in both the Windows space, Linux you could add in there, and the Apple space, hardware is right. just lasting a lot longer than it used to. The question will be, will it outlive its usefulness from that perspective? Yeah. Um, Brian's asking a question in chat, which I think kind of pertains to this, and he says, what do you think will be Apple's biggest challenge over the next decade? So as we think about at from a, not necessarily from a hardware software perspective, but what's the use case? And maybe you've touched on this a little bit, but as you look over the next decade, is it VR that's the use case or what are you seeing out there? Something that may be a challenge for them. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the thing that when I look at Apple and I really don't, you know, I'm a, I'm a how-to guy, right? I, I, we answer people's questions. We're, we're very much in the now and not, you know, you know, so on our show, we don't do a lot of speculation and it's, it's just not a thing that I've ever spent a lot of time thinking about. However, when I do spend that time, I think about, okay, well, obviously the iPhone has been extremely good for Apple. You know, that's perhaps the understatement of the decade, maybe even the century, but the iPhone won't always have the usefulness to the consumer that it currently does. And so over the next, like how long does the iPhone last as the, the, the must have device, you know, and I, I don't just mean iPhones. I mean, you know, cell phones in general in the form factor that we are currently used to Android iPhone, you know, all of the Google, the pixel, I mean, that's Android too. Um, and I don't know, 10 years from now, are we still, is the phone the thing or have we moved on? And, yeah. and so I think, you know, whether we have moved on in 10 years, if Apple doesn't have the next thing ready to go within the next 10 years, I think they're in real trouble. And I'm certain they know this, that, you know, there's people yeah. at Apple, it turns out that are much, much smarter than me. 
<laughs> that that are actually you know invested and paid to answer that question and yeah. and you know yeah. obsessively answer it. So yeah, the, the Apple runs. Apple runs the same problem that Microsoft had uh, a decade before it. In other words, it's got a killer app that was Windows. Yep, but no reoccurring, uh, no reoccurring model of income, and certainly iPhones sell for a lot more than Windows licenses yes. did. So that's yes. at a different scale, right? And they're Apple's richer than anybody else on the planet yeah. at this point, right? They've yeah, it turns money. out that whole build the whole widget thing, yeah, actually is a profitable model. Yeah, but at some point that that spigot shuts off, right? If yes. they don't, let's just say that the iPhone becomes less and less important. Yeah. Do you see them moving more in a subscription model? I mean, certainly we're seeing that from some storage and some other things. But let's let's be clear: they have the most popular app store on the planet, and they're getting reoccurring revenues from that. So it's not that they don't have any subscription plan. But I don't, Dave. Any thoughts on on that from a future perspective? Certainly, services is a huge part of our daily lives and therefore, you know, is something Apple is happy to sell to us. They are finally, I would say doing it in a way that people want to participate in that. Uh, they haven't always gotten that right. Uh, I think where, where, you know, I'm, as I'm thinking about what replaces the iPhone and so I'm, I'm, I'm maybe I'm, sidestepping the subscription question here, but we can come back to it if you want. As, as I'm thinking about that and and what I was saying before about the killer app of VR, because I, I think Apple is heading into the VR space, even if, you know, everybody's wrong about January, it's going to happen in the next, certainly the next five years, probably a lot sooner than that. They're going to test the waters with it and and see what works. But I really, I think that the killer app for VR is a social network. Like it, it, it's a, a meeting place of people, yeah. right? And, uh, you know, I, I could be very wrong about that. I can't see around corners like Steve Jobs could, you know, and, or even like an Elon Musk could. And I know he's not the most popular guy with some people these days, but <laughs> not right now. He's a, he's a smart guy and he, he has yeah. proven that he can see around corners better than most of us too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I could be missing the, the, the entire beat on this, but I think it's some kind of social network, some sort of interactivity with other people. And Apple has thus far been terrible at any attempts at that. So what are they thinking with VR? And I don't mean, what are they thinking? I'm, I'm asking the question, like, what are they thinking? Like, what, what is their use case of VR? And, and you know, if, if we take the iPhone accessory idea, okay, well now if I've got glasses on that are linked to my iPhone and it's, it's more a more, yeah, AR than VR, right. Augmented reality where I'm getting data in a meaningful way in a UI that in a UX that actually is works and isn't distracting. And it turns out Apple's pretty good at creating UXs that work and aren't distracting. We're going to, you know, skip the conversation about the, the system settings app in Ventura for right now, because that, <laughs> that sort of is the exception that proves the yeah. rule. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but you know, if, if yeah. it's that then, okay, but still this is a personal device, not a communicative device with yeah. it, with AR, VR, whatever. So yeah, I think Apple's that, you know, that's what they've got to figure out is what's the, what is the next thing and what's the killer app for it? Because, you know, the iPhone is great, but if, 
if it didn't do the things that it does, well, then, you know, we wouldn't use it. And yeah. the killer app on the iPhone arguably is social media. Yeah. Yeah. And Apple well, doesn't create that. Why do you think Mark Zuckerberg is so, so has so much vested interest in this with Meta and Facebook that yeah. I think no. he gets that. I, and I, I, he gets I, it a hundred percent. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Now yeah. their execution's been pretty poor to this point. Well, maybe, or, or is maybe it too better. early? Like, yeah, I mean, it's very possible. I, you know, I, I, I don't yeah. think, I don't think what they're saying they're going to do is the wrong path. It's just no one currently wants that. But, right. you know, think about this. We just spent, you know, arguably two years at home, year and a half at home. Everybody, people want to get out and see other people right now. So this idea of, oh, I want to put a headset on. No, like it's too little, yeah. too late for that particular this window this time. Yeah, you know, that makes a lot of sense, Dave. That that makes a that it does as you're saying that that makes um a lot of sense to me as far as the timing goes. Is we're talking about this, I am kind of thinking though from a VR perspective. Okay, they already have two points on us, so put a headset on, and I already have my left wrist taken care of. All I'd really need is another device on my right wrist, and put the phone in my pocket, and I yep. have three. Right, this thing is designed for for VR in a lot of ways, right? Cause it's got so many, it, it knows when I'm upright, it knows when I'm laying yeah. down, it knows my, my geo position. It knows where I am on the planet. It knows so much about me. I hadn't really thought of it in those terms, but now I have three data points plus the glasses or whatever we're using for that. Yep. So that's a fourth data point. All of a sudden VR seems pretty easy in that space, right? Sure does. Doesn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I know that, that, and that's why I think it's going to be, yeah. you have to have an iPhone to make it all work. Yeah. Like I, I think it, yeah. it, it stays in the ecosystem. Yeah. I no. just don't know what their, what Apple's killer app is. Yeah. It's good. That's the big question. It's Cause that's good. always been what it is, right? You know, I mean, the Apple two was, was cool and it was amazing that, you know, and this is again, you know, seeing around corners was yeah. wanted to, put together a computer kit for people to build and that's great. And right. Jobs said, why don't we build it for them? More people will buy it. And it turned out he was right. Even though everybody said at the time, well, the, oh, it's only nerds that are going to want these things. Well, as soon as VisiCalc came out, you know, Dan Bricklin wrote that and boom, that was it. You needed an Apple II at your business. Like, whoa, that's yeah. amazing. You know, it's, yeah. yeah. It's the first, first computer I programmed on 2E. Same. I was on a yeah. 2C. Yeah. 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 yeah no, yep. right on. Um, since you're a how-to show, let me ask you a how-to question. I'll just tell the listeners I did not prepare you for this. Stump so the this, geek it is. <laughs> this is totally, this is totally, but it's, it's a real world example. I, you know, the phone, um, I, I'm on a 12, so not the most recent, but it's been a great phone. Yep. Um, I'm running the Microsoft Translator app, and it is actually a web app that I've used at work, which works really great. I feed our audio in, it transcribes it and translates it into 60 languages, which is pretty great. Now, in true Microsoft fashion, they're going to purposely break the web UI so that no longer works, and they're only going to make it available on the phone and on Android, right? iPhone and Android. Yeah. So I went out, bought some equipment, made it work, started running the app on my phone. So it was listening to this translation. And for the first time ever, this phone got super hot, <laughs> like oh. physically hot. Like I've never done anything. You know, it's not like running Zoom on a Windows P 
PC where as soon as you yeah, turn on yeah. video, like the fans come on, right? Yeah. Have you have you guys from from user feedback or from folks talking about the phone? Have you? I, I've never found an app that's actually heated up the phone. This is not since my days of Android have I had a hot phone, right? And now this Microsoft Translator app is heating up the phone. Any thoughts on that from a usage perspective or like just just an experience perspective as you've had people? Yeah, we, we've seen some things. It's it's stuff that really bangs on the GPU a lot. We've found to be the things that that heat the phone. I mean, certainly things that bang on the CPU a lot would also do that. But on the phone, generally, the way people have coded for it, it's the things that are really, you know, really using the GPU but it's possible Microsoft wrote it without that in mind. And therefore, I mean, like that whole idea would work so much better on a, you know, on a, on a GPU. Cause it's yeah. that's like, it's sort yeah, of on built a, for that. On a P, like on a PC with the GPU yeah. is what, what, yeah, but what the iPhone's got a pretty powerful GPU yeah. in there. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, doing that translation in real time, that's not it's really insignificant. Good, yeah, it's and really good. <laughs> and remember, the phone yeah. doesn't have it's it's not built to run at full speed, right? The CPU and the GPU are are overpowered so that you are never running at full speed, and therefore you're not just burning through battery. It's being super efficient. But when you have something that bangs on it, then it's going to get hot. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah we've certainly yeah. seen it. Yeah. Well, it's it's heated up enough that it's affected the battery life for the moment, like the battery life significantly decreases during that time, right? Yeah. Which it would make sense. Heat yeah. and batteries don't get along. Cold and batteries don't get along really well. Apparently yeah. they like to they like a good op like us, they like a good nice temperature, right? Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, it was just a huge surprise to me. Like I, I had it out and listen, I ran, you know, I run this over like a podcast like an hour. So I'm running yeah. this thing for a solid hour. It's listening in English. It's translating, not necessarily, but it's doing some trans. And they must have pushed that transcription. I thought it was going to the cloud and transcribing it. Clearly not. No, obviously not. Well, if it is, it's really poorly written software. <laughs> well, well I mean, possible. I'm just saying that's possible. Too. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's is, the other thing, right? Yeah. Is it, you know, I, um, I, I, I I tell the story for, for people that aren't programmers, you know, back like when we had to code on our Apple twos, right? That was a one megahertz uh, machine. And so we had to be super efficient with the way we coded things. Nowadays, again, devices are generally built so that the expectation is that the code will be efficient and it runs at, you know, you know, five to 10% of what the device is capable of, but it doesn't stop you from writing inefficient code in high school. My physics teacher gave us this project where we had to build an electric motor. And so, and he gave us some plans for it. And my, my, you know, classmate partner and I got together and we did the things you're supposed to do. And we wrapped the motor and, you know, did the wires and connected the leads. And it was a magnetic thing and, you know, simple little motor. And they say, connect it to a nine volt battery. And so we did, and we watched it move like, you know, maybe 10 degrees off center and it needed to go 180 degrees to get the next pulse to send it around to kick it around and we tried all kinds of like well we gotta you know clearly there's some friction here it's we maybe we rewrap the wire so we spent hours doing this and no it's not working and uh like well it's due tomorrow so i guess we bring it in and we see what happens and i uh i brought it home after we worked on it and 
mentioned it to my dad and my dad's like, well, you hit, you have a power problem. And I'm like, Oh, he's like, go to the garage and get a car battery and try it. <laughs> and I did. And that thing spun around, you know, it almost jumped off its peg. And so I called my friend rich and I'm like, we're solved. And he's like, is that allowed? And I said, yep. I went through the things. There's no limitation on what your power source is. Um, I'm like, great. So I, you know, I walked into my high school with not only the car battery, but this bundle of wires, right? Like there's zero chance you'd ever get into a high school these days with what I walked in that day in, you know, 1988 or something. But, uh, but I walked into my physics class and my teacher started laughing. He says, I've been waiting 20 years for this. He said, it, it, I, there's probably one person in the class that whose whose parent helped them wrap this exactly the right way so that it works with a nine volt battery. And he, and, and, you know, as people were coming in, he asked, and certainly there, there was this one, you know, uh, one woman in the class, one girl in the class. I don't know. Yeah. And, and so it was like, yep. And he said, all right, here's the deal. Cause I've, I've thought about this. You're allowed to use that, but you have to let everyone else in the class use your car battery too, because they need the same chance that you've brought in. And I said, okay, well, they didn't bring their own car batteries, but fine. Your classroom, your rules. I said, my car battery, I pick the order in that I'm my team is going first. I don't know how much juice is in this thing that's been sitting in my garage. Probably has more than enough for the silly little motors that we built. And uh, sure enough, everybody passed for the first time ever. Uh, you know, anybody that bothered to build the motor passed. But you know, that's potentially what we're talking about with, you know, the, the you can write sloppy code to, today and it will still run. It's just it'll peg your CPU. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so but we've all got car batteries when most of our code should be written for nine volts. You know, right. And most well, of it is it, like, to be fair, yeah. like most people write pretty efficient code. So, well, this really worked well in on PC, like it worked mm-hmm. well in on Mac, like not, not that that ma- that part mattered, but. In the desktop world, this application worked fabulously. Huh. I don't, I don't understand, and I, I kind of know why. I mean, it's like I'm not using it as they, they intended it to be a translator between you and me. Oh, so we would be in person. I and see. We, of course, we would put the phone between us, and we'd have this conversation, right? And it, it here I am feeding a full length podcast into it. That's, yeah then going out to the the whole planet and I've got, you know, dozens or hundreds of people potentially watching the translation. I mean, it's a beautiful use case for it. Well, but- you know, now that you're saying that though, I wonder if the issue is RAM usage, right? Because is it, is it the kind of thing where it just assumes or the programmer assumed? So therefore the app assumes yeah, that right. you could use, you could just store each, bit of text or bit of spoken uh, audio in RAM and then just process it. And it, and then it would end and you could flush RAM and you're good to go, but you're just yeah, pumping yeah. something and never stopping. Yeah. And so yeah. then is it having to swap out because there's not enough RAM on the phone to do this. And that swap operation where you're, you know, thrashing, I mean, it's, it's all memory, but yeah. you know, you're kind of thrashing the disc that would heat things up. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, no, I, you know, no. obviously we don't get to look, we, we can't, we can't run activity monitor on an iPhone in, yeah. in a way that would be helpful to us. So uh, unfortunately pretty closed ecosystem. And yeah. I yeah. Yeah. Just, like pop in there. I should try it on Android just to be fair. Yeah. I should try it on an Android device yeah. and see if I get the same 
if I get the same kind of result. But what you're saying makes perfect sense to me and is watching it doing its translating and knowing the longer I got in the webcast, the worse like it struggled. And sometimes it'd even get behind on like I might be five or 10 minutes behind or I might just stop. And so yeah. maybe there's no, you know, in I bet the, that I in, bet it's a Ram thing. No, no, no garbage collection. No, gar- yeah. Of- well, it's not, it's not, yeah, intentionally right. sort of processing things yeah. out. It's just the assumption yeah. is it's yeah. never going to get so full that it's a problem. Yeah. No one would ever force an hour worth of a podcast. <laughs> in, <laughs> right. In the, um, right. I'm sure. So I, I did contact, I, I'm trying to work through uh, my employer's relationship with Microsoft to see if I can get in on the inside with somebody yeah. and just be like, Hey, I'm trying to do this and they'll probably try to sell me Azure or something along sure. those lines. Yeah, of course. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it it literally was, you know, back in the day of the early Android phones, they would burn a hole in my pocket if I tried to use them for anything because they just get so hot. Yeah. And it's been a long time since I've gone to the iPhone. I've never really heated up my phone. It's never really been warm for any reason unless I left it on the dash yeah. on my car, right? Yeah. And uh, this is one of those things I was like, oh, like this is new. I haven't pushed an iPhone to the the point where it's gotten warm and it's it's physically warm. And I've like, had oh, it I've had mine get warm like after either when you get a new phone and it's it's pulling down all the apps or if you wipe your yeah, phone and it's yeah. it's just pulling down apps. But yeah. but that's, you know, p- using the Wi-Fi nonstop. It's storing things nonstop. So I felt it get warm there. And I, so I, that, that's what makes me think, is there, is there a storage element to what you're doing that is causing that heat? Good. It's good. It's good. I just love to get some feedback to Microsoft to say there, this isn't one of their flagship apps. So, you know, but I'd like to get like, Hey, there's actually a great use case for this. I'm using it. Like help me if we can feed some things. And now there's some there's services that do, that are doing this. So it's just nice because Microsoft made this available for free. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, yeah. hey, w- why not get uh, why not get 60 languages out of it in our, our user base? It was it was um, super great. Dave, as you think about, you know, I ask you a future facing question, but not thinking about a year or two, but thinking about what's coming up for you guys on Mac Geek Gab as you as you think about end of the year. What kind of topics are going to land in the podcast there? What what do you guys think you'll be covering? Everybody covers, all the tech guys cover, you know, Black Friday and Christmas and stuff like that. But what's coming up for you guys? Well, so we have our own sort of angle on all of that. It is the holiday season. There's lots of cool tech that comes out this time of year. And so we have a, a, a segment to the show that we call Cool Stuff Found. I know it's not the most original thing, but it's certainly descriptive. <laughs> I like it. I yeah, like it. no, it works. Uh, it's one of those things that just sort of we started calling things cool stuff, and it was like, well, yeah, it's cool stuff found. And so we and our listeners are always on the lookout for new things, tech that's going to make our lives better. And there's been a lot lately, and we've like the queue is full. So we're really I'm excited about you know sharing all the all the cool things we've we've expanded the amount of time we give to that segment as we often do this time of year, uh, just just because there's you know lots of cool things. Robot vacuums are a huge oh, hit. Yeah. If if yeah if you folks aren't using a robot vacuum yet, that the new Ufi X8 uh, is spectacular and oh. and so smart. So smart. 
Oh, so okay, I may yeah. have to check that. We Erin Lawrence, who's uh, on here a lot, she's a yep. Canadian uh, a reviewer. Okay, and uh, she she's gotten all into the robot vacuum cleaners. Like they on her site, you can go see all the reviews. She's done them all. And I talked about it for the longest time. My my wife can probably hear me talk, so I'll say this really loud so she hears me. But <laughs> um, for the longest time, I was like, you know, we had to get one of those. She's like, you don't need a vacuum. You know, oh. you don't need a robot. In fact. My daughter said to me, dad, it's the only thing you get exercise with. So, you know, cause I do the vacuuming in the house. Sure. It's like, do you sure. really want to cut off your only kind of form of, of this during the pandemic? Do you only want to cut off your only yeah. form of, yeah. of, of exercise? Well, then I, there, I went a couple of weeks without vacuuming the house. Maybe it was like four or five weeks. I got a little lazy and she said, you know, actually that robot vacuum cleaner doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> <laughs> so we have ours run. Uh, now we have them on every floor. Uh, yeah. On the floor that we don't sleep on, I have them run at four in the morning every day and we yeah. get to wake up either with the vacuum having eaten a pipe cleaner because the cats love to play with pipe cleaners and yeah. leave them around yeah, 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 uh, yeah. or a nice clean floor. And it's yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. You know, I mean, right. we used to vacuum maybe once a week because that's what you generally do. And now it's like, oh, yeah, I can't even imagine going a week. <laughs> Do you, do you spend a lot of time on the app seeing what it's doing and scheduling it, or do you just kind of set it once, set it and forget it? So the original ones, I had to be very careful with setting the, the no-go zones and, you know, all that stuff that Eufy XA. And, and, I, and this has been, it, this is true about sort of the current crop from most vendors. They've gotten so much smarter. Not only do they have LIDAR sensors now, some of them have cameras, they are just super smart about the way they will map a room and 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 efficiently go and clean and all of that stuff. So th- that Ufi X8, I, I have that currently on our, our ground floor of our house, which is like, you know, a minefield for a robot vacuum. I've never had a robot vacuum that I didn't have to spend, you know, weeks tweaking to get it so that I didn't wake up with it stuck somewhere. Yeah. I set up that Yuffie thing and I left and I came back and it was sitting on its dock full of all the stuff it had picked up. Like it, <laughs> it did not run into a single problem and it's wow. been that way ever since I haven't done a thing to it. I just, you know, just let it run. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah I yeah. think I need one for the basement. This is yeah. the area where it could probably get the most usage Yep, and picks up probably the most dirt. You know, the garage is, it's right off the garage. The ground floor. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. All that stuff comes in. Do you have a, so did you do a review of that? Is that available somewhere? Folks yeah, we did it on Mac Geek Gab, and then we carved out the segment and it's on our, our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at Mac Geek Gab. And uh, just macgeekgab.com will get you there as well if you want to. You got it. Check it out. And and I would say, listen, you know, among podcasters, if you, if you're a Mac guy at all, if you're an Apple guy at all, you should be listening to Mac Geek Gab. There's a lot of great information. You guys cover a lot of great stuff. It is, it is the, just the the at times I think kind of a, a great great nerdery going yeah. on right around. Well, we around always the- say you don't have to be a geek to listen, but if you listen, you'll become a geek. Listen, Geek is in the is your middle name. Let's just That's be it. clear about that. That's so correct. From a show like Home Gadget Geeks, you're you're in most favored nation status with us. And same. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's super great. So so thanks for Dave, thanks for taking a few minutes to come on and be a part of the show and thanks for coming out. Maybe we could maybe we got to plan like an annual or something uh, I, I to like have it. you to have you back on a regular basis. Maybe around important events or important updates or just a time to get 
like how do we condense what your audience would normally would you spread out over a couple months how could we condense that down for the average guy just to get the most important stuff? I don't know. Something. Think about yeah, that. No, I'll, I'll think about that as, as trends develop and they do. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll think about how to consolidate them and then we'll get yeah. together and, and do have it. you come back on and get the kind of get great. the skinny from you and, and, um, and, and get it in a way. This has been a lot of fun. So I, I appreciate you coming on and, and uh, spending time with me and keeping our, our audience up to date. What's been crazy is our audience was primarily Windows. I think ten years ago they would amazing. Be, they'd be stringing me out for having. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. Why did I, you have the we Mac don't talk iPhone? politics on the show because we're polarizing enough. I admit that I use a Mac and an iPhone. So, oh, hey, hold on. One more question on this. There used to be this huge division. Like it was pretty religious about Microsoft versus Apple. I feel like that's kind of gone away. I agree. It, it, so? it never existed for me. And I say that I had my preference. And especially when I was doing a bunch of tech support on Windows devices, I knew for certain that the decision I made to have Apple devices in my home was the right one. You know, uh, they, 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 you know, especially this was like in the late 90s, early 2000s Windows machines. I mean, it was great. It was a, a, a gold mine. Uh, for tech support, but uh, but completely unreliable compared to the way the Mac is. That was as far as my religion went. I would have people ask me, Windows users say, you know, are you going to try and convince me to use the Mac or will you try and convince me to use the Mac? And my answer would always be no. I, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You got to convince me that what you have is wrong for you and that you should switch platforms. Cause it's not a fun process switching platforms, you know, or yeah. learning a new platform. If you know them both, then that's different. But, but if you're, you're only used to one, uh, like far be it for me to make your life harder. My, my job is to make your life better. So yeah, yeah no, I, yeah, I never tried idea. to convince people to switch unless it was obvious that that was the right thing. And you know, but yeah, it was very yeah. rare. Yeah. Well, I, I stayed, I tried to go with the windows phone for a while as Android. And then I tried yeah. to go windows phone when they did it. And then finally I just need a phone that worked. And so I, <laughs> Apple's saying, good at that. Yeah. Just saying it's just worked. And I've, uh, I've never looked back, uh, two, two comments. Brian says, I really enjoyed the show. So thanks. And then uncle Marv to my question about the being, he, he, he does not agree. Right. Oh uh, yeah. No, okay. right. He does not agree. And that's okay. You that's can, no, that's totally fine. Can, yeah, we have our perspectives. Yeah, you can you can disagree on it. it. I just don't feel like, to be honest with you, I don't feel like it's much of a, even in our enterprise uh, where I work. Um, you know, we've kind of brought in our designers and such, and even some of our developers need Macs. They just need them. Sure. And so we figured out how to support them and get them in the system. And it doesn't seem to be that you know. Well, that, it's so that much battle. easier to share and collaborate yeah. across platforms now too. I, and and maybe that's the reason for this. You know that because yeah, I agree with you that, that it's yeah. just it doesn't. It's not the holy war that it was back in uh in the you know in the nineties. But yeah. I will say this: VI is much better than Emacs. We'll leave it okay. at that. All right. All right. So with that, if you want a holy war, let's go all that. the way back. That's right. <laughs> let's go back to the first one, at least uh, in nerd land. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, right on. And, and <laughs> trust me, we've had, um, uh, Marv comes back. He says, okay. So they play together in the sandbox a little nicer than before. And I think they that do. is true. The cloud has certainly changed all of that. Right. As we think about bringing those together in a, 
in an environment where we don't really care, you know, we, we don't really, really care about that OS anymore. I have a Mac in the middle of, of my, in my system here, I have a Mac in the middle and two PCs, two windows boxes on the side. One's windows 11 and windows, windows 10. And I've tried to make it Dave in a way that I don't know what I'm on. Like that's, oh, yeah, that's maybe on the next episode, we'll talk about next time I have you back in, I'll ask yeah. you this question, but I leave everything stock just for those reasons. I don't customize anything on mm. any of the, even my phone is nearly as stock as possible. Cause I want to be able to switch it out or if it, if it goes bad, just turn it on and it just kind of works right that's out fair. of the gate. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. That's been a strategy that's worked for, for having multiple operating systems on my desktop by keeping them stock. That. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, it's worked pretty well. And yeah, yeah. to be honest, windows 11 is looking more and more like, well, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, when something, yeah. and I mean, there have been design and, and UX elements uh, from both, like that go both directions, uh, you know, yeah. and, and the same true yeah. with Android to iPhone and iPhone to Android, you know, it, 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 there's a lot that they borrow from each other and as they should, because yeah. if it works, well, y- you know, right. No, yeah. no, right on. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. One more encouragement, head out macgeekgab.com. Make sure you get signed up, subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you're out there make sure you're doing stuff. Dave, I'm going to, uh, I've kept you on long enough. I'm going to let you go. I'll wrap up the show here, but thanks for coming on. Think about, you know, maybe first of the year or after the first of the year, if you get a sweet spot where you want to come on and, you kind of know the audience and you kind of know what we talk about. If you get Great. a spot where you're like, Hey, can we do this thing? Just, just bring me up and I'll throw you on. Amazing. Sounds All great. Right. I look forward it, to it. I'll let you go. And then I'll close things up on this end. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Have a good evening. Okay. A couple reminders uh, as Dave is on his way out there. A couple reminders for you guys. If you want to, if you want to um, subscribe to the show, uh, if you want to get it actually easy access to it, home gadget geeks, uh, dot com will get you there as well. If you want to join the Discord group, theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. If you want to join us on Patreon, theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon. And if you want to support us from a platform perspective, you can sign up for a hosting plan out of Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. Of course, you know that's Christian. If you want to get plans that start as little as $10 a month, head out to maplegrovepartners.com. And then don't forget, if you want to leave me a voicemail, if you've got a question, uh, head out to homegadgetgeeks.com, leave the voicemail, then email me, jim at theaverageguy.tv, so that you know or that I know what you're getting. We are, are what what you said, because I don't always get the notifications on that one, but it is an easy way to leave a voicemail message. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. Big thanks to Dave Hamilton, who came out from Mac Geek Gap. I'm serious. You're going to love the podcast. It's like I went out and listened to a couple episodes and I think if you like what we do here, you're going to like what they're doing over there. Yeah, you might you might be saying, oh, Jim, I don't have a Mac. Well, it's okay. Give it a try. Go out there and listen to it and uh, and see what you think. They're they're uh, they're 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 a bunch of good guys. And uh, and I think you, you, you give it a couple episodes. You might go back and listen to a couple past episodes. You might you might be surprised. Um, that may be one that you add to your list. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. We'll be, I think I'm going to be off next week. Uh, just as a reminder for you live folks, most people don't make it to all the way to the end. Yeah. So actually the next two weeks, although I, um, I have this tradition of bringing Samantha, my daughter, on 
for the Thanksgiving, that Friday episode. We still might do that. I'll have to talk to her about that to see. I don't know. Would you guys come out on a Friday? Would you guys come out on a Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving, if I had Samantha on? I don't know. Give me, give me a quick. I've done that, I think, the last two years, maybe, because she was always home from college for doing that. I don't have it on the schedule, but um, we may do it that Friday. Um, yeah, it'd be good to catch up with her. Why don't, why don't I say I'm going to do that? I'll ask her. I haven't asked her yet, but I'll ask her. And then Uyghur's back on the 1st. So December 1st, Mike Uyghur is joining us. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll talk about this episode because he's still kind of back guy. And, uh, and so he'll be back as well. So join us, Sarah. We're live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. I hit the average guy.tv slash live. If you joined us live, thanks for coming out. I'll stay around for a smidge post show. With that, we'll say goodbye.